Edgar Rice Burroughs was 36 years old and his family was starving. He had mouths to feed and he had tried every job under the sun. He had been a cowboy, a gold miner. He joined the cavalry to fight the Apaches. He uh, was a salesman. He sold patent medicine. He was selling pencil sharpeners and he had placed ads in the pulp magazines and he picked up some pulps and he started flipping through them, reading the stories, and he said, I can write better rot than this. So he started writing Princess of Mars, uh, the story which was originally Under the Moons of Mars, on the backs of old letterheads and envelopes and submitted it and it was immediately accepted. As soon as Tarzan started making a tremendous splash for Burroughs and was in novels and newspaper serializations. Burroughs turned his eyes to Hollywood in 1914 and started trying to secure a film deal. Took a few years, but by 1918, Tarzan of the Apes was sold for the films and became one of the first six silent films to gross over a million dollars. Burroughs had always described Tarzan as this lean, lithe, Apollo-like creature, not a big muscle-bound Hercules. When he first saw Elmo Lincoln, he was very diplomatic and, and positive towards Elmo, but it became apparent in his later correspondence that this big, hulking, muscular brute was not his idea of Tarzan. Dateline Jessum is next on the Gridley Wave Network. From the Chicago Bureau of the Bossonian Blade. Dateline Jessoon, a Panthen Press production. For fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs and Pulp Adventure, here's your host, Elmo. Welcome to show number 42. That opening was from the documentary Tarzan, Silver Screen, King of the Jungle, which aired oh, a few years back on Turner Classic Movies. And the speaker there was Tracy Griffin, who is a member of the Burroughs group, The L.A. Suburbs. Tracy came to the Chicago area recently, and our local chapter of the Bibliophiles, the Chicago Muckers, gave him a little bit of a tour of some of the interesting places related to Edgar Rice Burroughs. I'm standing in the office building in Oak Park with Jim Haddock and Tracy Griffin, where Edgar Rice Burroughs, in 1918 and 1919, rented an office. Tracy, you used the bathroom in this building earlier. Can you tell me your thoughts on what that meant to you? You know, it, it was such an experience. I was almost overcome. I almost broke down in tears to think I was using the plumbing that Burroughs once used to do his daily business. What, how many other fans can say that? I love the, uh, there are very few. Jim, I uh, believe you used the bathroom as well that Burroughs very probably used when he had an office here in this building. What, what thoughts do you have on that? Well, it was very refreshing because I'd been drinking a lot of coffee, and uh, to relieve myself of that was... And it's probably true that Burroughs drank a lot of coffee at I the time know. he was working. I, I don't recall uh, reading anything about him being a big coffee drinker, but very likely. 
And Frank, why don't you tell us who you are and where we're standing right now? Um, I'm the executive director of the Historical Society of Oak Park mm -hmm. and River Forest, mm -hmm. and uh, we're located here in Pleasant Home, mm -hmm. which is a National Historic Landmark building in Mills Park in Oak Park. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people know Oak Park for Frank Lloyd Wright right. or for Ernest Hemingway, right. but we've been working with uh, fans and collectors for the last almost 10 years on really trying to raise the um, the the uh, visibility and sort of the awareness that Edgar Rice Burroughs lived in Oak Park right. and lived here during a period of time when he was quite prolific and right. was really getting his career going as a writer. Right. Um, and what, remind people what period of time that would be he was um, here in Oak Park. Roughly between 1910 and 1919 broadly. Mm -hmm. um, he was here in 1910 and 11 and then again from 1914 to 19. Okay. Um, at the time that he was in Oak Park in that period of time, he was living really a few miles to the east in the city of Chicago on Chicago's west side mm -hmm. where his wife's family was from and actually he was from too but right. they living in his wife's family is one of their homes. And he had what, I think he had two different houses here in Oak Park? And he, actually, office, he actually lived in, um, uh, over time, he lived in four different houses in oh Oak really? Park and he, had, he rented an office. The first house is 1910-11 is still standing. Um, the second house and the third house are both still standing and working with uh, fans and collectors. Um, we've put markers on those two middle houses that are still standing mm -hmm. on Augusta um, Boulevard here in Oak Park. And then the fourth house he lived in was actually a rented house while he had his third and largest house on the market before heading off to California. And that house was torn down in the early 70s and there's a townhome uh, development on it. Okay. Um, so certainly, uh, he certainly left a mark here in Oak Park. I mean, I think one of the things is you start looking back through the uh, the Oakleys. Like a lot of right. historical societies, we have our local newspaper back to the turn of the century. And a lot of, so doing research on Burroughs is fun because He's in there as uh, the headlines, uh, we have it on display here on one of the boards, you know, prominent, popular Oak Park man honored. Mm -hmm. um, there's sort of this, this idea that then as now, who are some famous people who live in your community or achievers, and it kind of makes the headlines. He, he would have been well known at the time in Oak Park as, as sort of a, a famous person in the community, obviously. Exactly. He would, have, he would have been known as he was walking around town. People would say, that's, there's, there goes Edgar, I guess. I, exactly. And, and in fact, uh, to, to take that to another level, he, um, during World War One, and those of, those of you who are listening who are mm -hmm. you know, so aware of Burroughs' uh, life story, he always was very, he himself served in the Army, he himself went to a military school. There was a sense of, um, of sort of appreciation and, and uh, sort of caring about the military life. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the um, officers in the, oh, excuse me. There's, there's, a, there's a Tarzan yell going on in the background. Um, <laughs> that's, that's good, that's good timing there. Um, All right. Is that going to stay on for a while? No, it's not going to. It's just going to interrupt us. Um, the Illinois Reserve Militia um, were back on the home front. They were training troops. Um, I forgot it went on that long, but it does end real soon. <laughs> it is a good radio series. Now we have now we have some time before it happens again. Um, but basically, um, the Illinois Reserve Militia, of course, um, as we're just looking at, we also have this exhibit on World War One right now here at the museum. And and of course, during wartime, you know, people are especially back in that era with rationing and and uh, 
um, buying bonds to support the war effort. And Burroughs is in the paper all the time as conducting the drills on a certain day of the week. Mm -hmm. There were several people who were the officers in charge of, of drilling these local guys. And because mm -hmm. he went to military school and because he served in the Army, he was mm -hmm. the guy who had the training to help with this. There's some reports that say he did partly delay his move to California, which was in the works because of the first movie, a little bit because the war was because still going on. He had some commitments here. Yeah. And um, when he did um, finally, you know, as you said earlier, I mean, there was a sense of here's a famous guy in Oak Park. We were just talking earlier with yeah. the Cubs in the playoffs now. Yeah. Um, Carlos Zambrano, one of the Cubs yeah. pitchers, the star pitcher really, lives in River Forest right okay. now. And that's one of those things that, you know, gets in the paper sure. locally. Okay. I mean, everyone goes, oh, you know, Zambrano? I, I was over there and I was by his house. Zambrano was out <laughs> eating a hoagie somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any hoagie settings, but the people do talk about him living here. And uh, that, that's one of the fun things um, that we have here is sort of panel by panel, um, you know, a little bit of his early days in Chicago, where he lived, photographs of the various homes he lived right. in, um, sort of some documentation of what he wrote while he was living well, in Well, and that's the thing, too. Uh, for Burroughs fans, he, he, when he was living here, it was one of his most prolific periods, I think, and, and some of his most famous stories were written here. Yeah, I think that, that that's really true. Um, this, what we're doing now, we hope to even build on, among the many people who've worked with us um, on doing this so far, Jerry Spanraff takes, should take a big chunk of credit because he really kind of helped push us to this. Also, George McWhorter mm -hmm. and so many people and some who are visiting here today um, that, you know, have taken an interest in sort of doing more with this story. But uh, I think um, I, I always get a, get a ch I chuckle at this. When I was a volunteer for the store, because a year before I started working here, there's a gentleman by the name of Ken Kilmer who's no longer living, longtime Oak Park resident and just a, a great guy, and one of these uh, sort of backbones of our organization where, he'd, you know, anytime we were doing something, he'd be sitting there in the corner mounting the exhibit for us, you know, working on it. And we were talking on a period of time, over a period of time. We have this one hanging display with some of the Tarzans of Hollywood and the mm -hmm. photographs of a few of the houses, and you know one sort of simple board. And we should do more with this. We kept on yeah. talking about that. Yeah. And I think uh, um, sort of leading up to and once you know we got Jerry involved and some of his friends and colleagues, all of a sudden it sort of takes on a, like an almost an inevitability. Like why wasn't this being done 10 years ago or yeah. 20 years ago? And that's kind of exciting for me that. Even now, we really enjoy being here at Pleasant Home. It's a beautiful building. Yeah. But we're making some plans even for the potential of more, a larger and different exhibit, right. uh, excuse me, different museum in town, more space, and we'd love to tell stories and yeah. keep on changing what we and do. Hope, and hopefully our group, the Muckers, can be involved in some uh, of that. We would know. love to have you involved. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, just, uh, do you ever get people walking in here um, and seeing the Tarzan stuff and, and, they're, and they just say, I never knew the guy that wrote Tarzan lived in Oak Park? Um, or what kind of reactions like that, that do you That is get? a really funny, um, funny story. I think over time you, you get all kinds of reactions. I think you get people who um, come in and they, they, they kind of do a double take and they're looking and then they'll, they'll share with you, oh, I read all those things when I was a kid. Or mm -hmm. I'll talk about White Mueller, I'll talk about yeah. one of the movies or a whole series of movies. And they'll say, you know, I haven't really thought about it lately, but I, I, I really love those. You know, it's kind of like, it's yeah. a little like a spark that they did enjoy yeah. it, and they, they, you know, I gotta pick up one of those again, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then you get people, as you say, the complete double take. I think in recent years, ever since the early 1970s, when the Frank Lloyd Wright Home and Studio was purchased and it became a public museum, Wright has his own international following, and more so with Hemingway in, in the last 15 years. And I think um, awareness of Burroughs in Oak Park is is lagging behind those two. Gentlemen, and in fact, even though there's been some strides over time, like our local Rotary Club has Wright and and, and Hemingway and Burroughs on it, you know, in terms of the people who came from the community, um, so it gets to be a, something that it takes a while, I think, for people to really appreciate that. And I think 
even though we've done some good things over time, there's still so much. We should have an annual Tarzan Festival of some sort, yeah. annual Burroughs. We've done it on a couple anniversaries, the 125th anniversary is birth, for instance. I mean, come on. Uh, Burroughs must have sold, outsold Hemingway. I would think. <laughs> well, that's why I, 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 we, we joke about that, but there's so much seriousness to good storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, people have said, um, that's another kind of thing you get, Oh, Hemingway, it's good serious fiction, but it's not, mm -hmm. it's not as, as much fun. No, it's, it's not fun. something you can yeah. roll up your sleeves and yeah. just kick back on the beach and just enjoy. And actually, even getting ready for this exhibit, I'd read a bunch of the Tarzan books that my folks got me in the Ballantine series right. in the 70s, yeah. paperbacks. Yeah. Um, but, um, Acer Ballantine, the black, the one the black cover <laughs> one. And, you know, I read through them at the time, and I enjoyed them, but I never read the science fiction, even though in high school I really enjoyed science fiction. Mm -hmm. So, reading Bradbury's take on Burroughs in the Porges biography where you have Bradbury yeah. just saying like this oh, yeah. guy was this incredible he, he, loved, he loved Burroughs and, like, and yeah. he talked about him being the greatest author yeah. of the yeah. first half of the 20th century or something yeah. like that you know so yeah I think there's definitely uh, now that one we don't have the longer version see so we don't oh, have to be interrupted okay. it's well, <laughs> yeah, I thought we had a shorter version yeah, I, well I think we're going to wind up here anyway but I mean it's, uh, it's just so good to see this uh, I, I always enjoy seeing that, that Burroughs is remembered here by the Historical Society and uh and I thank you for all of that, uh, for um, well, keeping that alive. We're, we're, we're grateful that you and others care about to keep us, keep us, uh, um, you know, keep us energized. I think, and mm -hmm. people come in. As I said, there's a lot of people who come through, but people who are specifically um, knowledgeable and keep us energized. So, okay. so appreciate that. And I know you're gonna have have a meeting here. We're next having month. a meeting here next month. The muckers will be here. So, thanks very much. Okay, thank you. Very much. thing is, this is, um, I think of all the houses, it's still closest to the original condition. Uh, yeah, when, when he was here. Yeah. I'm standing out here at 414 Augusta Avenue in Oak Park with Jim Haddock and Tracy Griffin, and uh, we're looking at the Burroughs plaque uh, uh, that's outside here, and the books that Burroughs wrote here, uh, Jim, here, why don't you read which sure. books? Uh, the book's written at 414 Augusta, Thuvia, Made of Mars, The Cave Girl, Part 2, The Mad King, Pellucidar, The Son of Tarzan, Beyond 30 and the Man-Eater, Tarzan and the Jewels of Opar, The Rider, The Mucker, Part 2, and Jungle Tales of Tarzan. Hmm. Which one of those are your favorites out of that list? Uh, real quickly, I'd have to say um, The Son of Tarzan. The Son of Tarzan? Yeah. How about you, Tracy? Which, which one that Burroughs wrote in, in this house uh, is your favorite? Um, unfortunately, it's not the mucker. I would have to go with uh, probably Tarzan and the Jewels of Opar. Jewels of Opar, huh? You know, I I recently I, I recently read Beyond Thirty again, and I just got a kick out of it for some reason. Um, but uh, there you go, four fourteen Augusta. Okay, we're here at seven hundred Linden, uh, where Burroughs uh, wrote the Oakdale Affair and Part One of The Land That Time Forgot. Uh, Jim, what, uh, how beneath uh, kind of uh, uh, several trees here and underneath some leaves, there's a uh, historical marker placed here in the 1970s. Yes. How much of that can you read there? Why don't you just I think it? I've been able to make it out, uh, all of it. In, in this home resided Edgar Rice Burroughs, master of the adventure story and pioneer in the field of science fiction writing, creator of Tarzan of the Apes and John Carter of Mars, a resident of Oak Park, 1910 to 1919, Place to mark the centennial of his birth, September 1st, 1875, by the Historical Society of Oak Park and River Forest. And uh, we notice on this uh, plaque that John Carter again gets second billing to Tarzan. <laughs> but at least he's mentioned, because how many people have heard of him 
as compared to Tarzan, right? Well, anyone that uh, sees this marker underneath these trees and under the leaves will be able to, to see that John Carter uh, was born uh, in, in this area. Next, we headed into the city, and after a quick tour around Billy Burns' neighborhood on the west side of Chicago, in, uh, as described by Burroughs in the Mucker, we had a little steak dinner at a very nice restaurant downtown, and nearby, over on the next block, was another place we wanted to stop and take a look through the windows. Muckers Jim Haddock, Joan Bledig, and Jeff Long are standing in front of Tree Studios, which, Joan, what you think this is, is what? Well, I think this building was originally put up, this block, as a kind of like an artist colony, and I think Marshall Field of the department store was instrumental in building this, but I could be wrong, I seem to remember hearing that or reading that, or maybe the Romanos said something to that effect when they were living here, but the woodwork you see inside these windows is what I remember, though I, I don't remember the walls Okay, but cutting, cutting to the chase, yeah. who, who used to use this as a studio? J. Allen St. John. And uh, everybody knows who that is, but tell us who J. Allen St. John is. J. Allen St. John was probably the premier illustrator of the works of Edgar Rice Burroughs. And many of the most famous Burroughs-related paintings that we all know may have been done They could very the well have been painted inside this studio. They lived here for many, many years after St. John died. His wife stayed here until uh, she had to go to the nursing home. And at that point, the Romanos took over the apartment. Uh, certain original pieces of art were left in the apartment. Uh, some sculpture, a few paintings, not a lot of stuff. Um, the sad part of this of the St. John story is that he taught at the Art Institute, mm -hmm. and a number of years back, I called them to find out what they might have in their collection that right. would have been done by St. John, right. because he was incredibly pro prolific, illustrating pulp magazines and novels of the, the period. They had two posters, which at the time I called were not available for view because they were remodeling the poster area. And, and as we're standing here at the corner of State and Ontario, uh, there's obviously no evidence of St. John anywhere around here. Uh, even inside uh, this, this building, there's like some modern art prints or whatever, but uh, um, it's kind of sad. No. And, and Jim, would you, would you say that St. John is, is the, one of the premier Burroughs artists? Well, sure. I think, I think he, he is the premier artist. I, I prefer Frazetta. But. Uh, Nick, um, I actually kind of was partial to Roy Crinkle. I'm probably one of, you know, one of two people who liked his stuff. 
Well, I was telling Jim that I think the muckers should come down here and sneak up St. John Prince and put him on this pole outside this window just to keep his name and sure. his images alive. Sure. We could get we could we could deface property. Look. Look. We I know could people put are putting people are putting party notices. Heaven up. is Thank full of right pleasure in. for you. Beautiful, gorgeous man will hug and kiss you. Yeah, we could put a St. John over that. Okay, that's the report from downtown Chicago Friday night in front of the uh, tree studios. Three trees. Oh, three trees called? Three trees. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Three trees. Three trees. And that's going to do it for show number 42. Thanks for joining us. Tracy, if you're listening, it was good to see you again uh, here in Chicago. Hopefully we'll see you again at uh, one of the upcoming Dum Dums. Or maybe uh, some of the muckers can get out to L.A. sometime for a little tour around Tarzana and places in between. Uh, I'd like to thank my guests, Frank Lipo, and uh, special guests, Chicago muckers Jim Haddock and Joan Bledig. from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, signing off.